Citizen gamers, what is your profession? <laughs> you see, old friend, I did bring more gamers than you. Welcome to the Citizen Gamers Podcast, part of the Citizen Gamer Network. Jeff? Episode Ocho. Uh, como se dice Ocho? Okay. Eight. <laughs> eight. Episode eight. eight. Episode eight. This is where you get all your obscure gaming information. Yeah, that's right. On ESPN 8. The Ocho. <laughs> the Ocho. That's right. <laughs> well, hey, everyone. Welcome to episode eight of the Citizen Gamers podcast. Uh, yeah. We have some uh, a nice guest in store for you guys all tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're really going to enjoy the interview. Yeah. Uh, the, lots of great information. Uh, working for a very cool uh, publishing company. Mm-hmm. So I think if you... Uh, are interested in learning more about role-playing, this is the episode for you. I agree. Can't go wrong with a little free league publishing. Cannot go wrong. Yeah. For sure. So hang in there. Uh, We'll welcome our guests here right when we get back. You're listening to the Citizen Gamers Podcast, a part of the CGN Network. All right, everyone, welcome back. I'd like to welcome you, our guest today. This is Doug Shute from Free League Publishing. Doug, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing quite well. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Hey, uh, are you ready for Gamma? I am so ready for Gamma. Yeah? I love Gamma. I love, uh, you know, all the retailers. I love getting together with some of my favorite publishers. And yeah, it's a good, good few days. Yeah, I'm really excited for the little event that you kind of got coordinating that uh, I, we're going to go to there on Tuesday. Uh, I do like me some Spaghetti Factory. Oh, I mean, that, I'll, I'll be honest with you. If there's an old spaghetti factory anywhere near one of the conventions I'm at, mm-hmm. it's usually getting at least one visit or two. Nice. Yeah, I'm really excited for it. And the, the group of folks that are, uh, like, chiming in that are going is very eclectic and a lot of fun people, so it's going to be a blast. And that's one of the things I personally I like about Gamma or, and those events is getting to hang out with you and, you know, do stuff not necessarily sitting around talking about our industry. But we've got questions about your company, my friend. Well, you, oh, you, no. you skipped oh, no. over okay. some, some important things, though. You guys are talking about Gamma. Sorry. Tell our listeners what Gamma is. Oh. You, you, do you want to take that one, Doug? <laughs> yeah, I can, I can try to take it. Uh, so, first of all, we should just explain what Gamma is. Uh, Gamma is an organization for the industry. It helps publishers. It helps retailers. Uh yeah, it just supports it just supports the industry, helps people get going and you know be successful. And they do they do two big events every year. They probably do some other events that I'm not quite aware of, but I know the two biggest ones are Origins, which of course is a really well known gaming convention. They also do a um, an industry event for retailers and for publishers and people in the industry uh, called Gamma Expo. And this year it's Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. And the previous years, it's been in, in Reno, Nevada, and I think it's been in other places before that. Yeah, all over um, the world. But it's, yeah, it's, it's been like, what is it, like five days now, Rick? I can't remember. I think it starts on Sunday. I think yeah, there's some events on Sunday. Sunday the third. Sunday the third, yeah, till, till uh, Sunday. Oh, technically till Friday. They'll do like a, a breakfast on Friday morning for some folks and uh, kind of like a little like uh, after action thing with like John Stacy, who's the uh, president. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, they do all sorts of like workshops and and uh, presentations, and there's an expo hall. Yeah, and yeah, it's just it's just a really great place to kind of 
you know, network. Network, yeah, and, sure. It, and if you're in the industry and you're a brick and mortar store or a friend of the game store, it's a good way to get training and see what's coming up later on in the year. Absolutely. I, I, and for those of you, too, Gamma means the Game and Manufacturing Association, and they're the, the largest trade organization for the tabletop industry in regards to highly focused on tabletop. That's great. Um, yeah, it's super fun. And like Doug just said, if you are in the industry as a retailer or a publisher and are not a member of Gamma, you're really missing out on a lot of great opportunities to not just um, network, but also to get some of the best practices because a lot of the best retailers are out there and some of the better publishers show up right. to kind of like educate. Absolutely. So, you know, you know and it's always a great opportunity to learn from someone who's doing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, Free League Publishing, how long have you been with them, Doug? Let's see. I have been with them since the end of 2019. Uh, they brought me on for PAX Unplugged 2019, right when uh, Alien was actually uh, being released. Uh, we do the Alien role-playing game. Nice. And uh, we've had that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I came on, did uh, an event with them for that. Uh, before that, I kind of had a, I'm a content creator, so so I had a previous relationship there, and they were like, hey, you've got some sales and marketing experience. Would you like to come in and do Pack on Plug with us? And I said, yeah, I'd love to. I love that show. It's one of my favorite shows of the year, and, and uh, yeah, and they seem to like what I do, and, and they kept I've been you around. Them ever <laughs> Yeah, yeah, which I'm very grateful for. Uh, I really enjoy the, the team uh, in Sweden and all the, the different freelancers that we have. Uh, and, and, yeah, it's just been it's been a fun few years. Okay, so on Facebook, it tells us that you are the um, content director and North American events like coordinator. Is that is that your title? Um, I am the so – yes, I, I – and partly in charge of the content that gets put out on YouTube, and then I also do uh, all their North American events. Okay. So if I am, if there's a show that Free League is at in North America, that's usually me. And every once in a while, some of the uh, the Sweden team comes over, or you know, they Thomas usually comes over for for Gamma. And he usually comes over for Gen Con, him and his team, uh, him and his family, and maybe a few other uh, people from, from the office. But, uh, yeah, to send somebody over every single event from Sweden. Just, a little cost prohibitive. Yeah, so, you know, and and uh, luckily they, they really enjoy what, what I do, you know, at conventions, and they just keep signing me up for more and more of them. Nice. What is the uh, one thing that you find interesting working for a company that is not based in the United States and um, maybe just like the Swedish mindset? Is there anything different that you can like compare? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I'll be honest and say that the first like year was a little bit of a learning curve for me. I <laughs> love the Swedish team. I love, I love the Sweden team. Like those pe people over there are amazing. But it took me a while to realize that they have a different mindset than I do. Like us, or just like us in, in general over here in America, they're very laid back. Mm -hmm. They're very like, you know, it, it'll, you know, it is what it is. And that's it. Like, 
Whereas like, I'm very, I've always worked in, in marketing here in North America and, and I deadlines and getting stuff done and like, Oh, I've got an idea. Let's run with it. Let's get into the motion. Right. And they're just like, well, let's, let's think about it. Let's, you know, <laughs> and it's just, like, the opportunity and, and, is slipping and, and, away. We must act now. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, 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 you know, part of me has, has it's taken a while to, to realize that at first I thought it was just me thinking that they were thinking that I was like some, some crazy man and that they, they were just like, no, we're not doing whatever this guy, you know, is saying we're not going to do it because it just seems crazy. And that still might be the case. But, uh, you know, I, but it is. I've since learned that, you know, it's just like, okay, we just, we'll do it when we can. And, you know, or let's, let's take a look at it. Let's take a breather. And, you know, it might not happen right away, mm-hmm. but I'll, I'll give suggestions. And it, it's really great to see that like, Hey, you know what? I'm still being heard, even though it's not being acted upon, right. you know, immediately. Yeah. It, whereas like any, any other you know, company I've, I've, you know, done marketing full and forth. Like, okay, well, let's, that's a great idea. We're going to get into motion right now. Right. And that's just, it's a different mindset over there, and I love it. It's, uh, they kind of have um, that, um, they kind of have that, like, work to live, not live to work mindset. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's nice. It's, it's a nice pace. Nice. They're just, a, they're just great people in general to work for. Nice. It's, it makes, you know, it makes you want to see them succeed because they're just mm-hmm. so nice. They're just really, really yeah. genuinely nice people. Um, have you? What are like your five favorite Swedish words to say? Because you um, you've had to have picked up some of the lingo. I I I, I the, the, the 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 running joke in the office whenever I'm on like a, a conference call or on an email um, is like. Let's give Doug the Swedish words and make him pronounce them, and we'll all kind of <laughs> chuckle behind the scenes. Yeah. Perfect. So I have not actually picked up. You know, I, I even mispronounce like I know there's Drakar Demoner, which is you know demons and dragons over there. Yeah. Borg. That's not even the way to pronounce that anymore. <laughs> right. Even the even the store even the Stockholm cartel guys will tell you. You know, they've given up on calling it by the Swedish name. They're just calling it more pork as well now. So mm-hmm. I haven't really picked up a whole lot of Swedish. And, and yeah, right. I think they, they use that to their, they, I think they use that to their advantage. When is your next meeting with them? When is my next meeting with them? Yep. I'm going to give you a phrase to um, tell them. All right. I'm not, but I'm not going to tell you what it means. <laughs> oh, that's evil. But I will tell you, oh, it's not no, a bad thing. It's, it won't be a curse that's word. mean. Because they, they don't really have a lot of interesting curse words in Sweden. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. You know, like, one of um, I know one of them is sabre, which is this, like, a sword, but that they use it as a curse word. Uh, it's very strange. Okay. Yeah. Um, interesting. So, yeah, when's your next meeting? Because I don't want you to forget this. You may want to write it down. <laughs> well, I... I, I... I know I'll see Thomas at Yama Expo, so okay. you know any kind of any so any any word you can kind of give me, and I'll just like spring okay. it on him. Uh, okay. When 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 he shows up. Those, so this will be a phrase that you will tell them every time you end a conversation or ends or, or moving along into something else, and it's Yag Ilska. Okay. It's called it's it's Yag Ilska Day. Yag Ilska Day. Yag Ilska Day. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, just what use that phrase. Mean, right? Yeah, I know what it means. 
right. And, I, and I'll tell you this. I say it to my kids all the time. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, it probably no. means stop like picking your nose or something like that. No. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm getting set up here. I know it. <laughs> Maybe a little, but it's not going to be It's not gonna be horrible. So, Doug, I got a question oh, for man. you. Sure, sure. So, um, being a Swedish company, and, and uh, you know, I know you're not Swedish, so you may not be able to speak to this, but, and I know they have a very high literacy rate in English over there. Like, almost everyone speaks in, and can read English. So Absolutely, yeah. with a high percentage of their customer base being English speaking, do they actually print copies of their books in Swedish or are they just, just going to English? A lot of, most of the books that we put out, most of the products that we put out are in both. They are they're usually both? Swedish and yeah, and English. Okay. Um, there are a few there are a few products that we've just put out in, in English. Uh huh. Um, but most of the time it's in both. Okay. Nice. I actually know now. I want to get a copy of Vasen in Swedish. In Swedish, yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. They do have. Yeah, that is that is one that's in both languages. Yeah, that'd be cool. You know, did do you know what they call the Swedish chef in Sweden? The chef? No, the Norwegian chef. <laughs> the Norwegian chef. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's funny. All right. That is uh, funny. So you mentioned in the beginning, or before we went on here, that. We should talk about another event that you are really um, immersed in, and that's Granite Con. Uh, tell us what, Granite, yeah, yeah, what do you do for that that show, and uh, uh, what some big news that you may be able to drop on us for it. So Granite State Comic Con, we shorten it to Granite Con for most of the time ago, but Granite State Comic Con is a convention that is it's, it's a pop culture convention. It's been running for twenty, I think it's the twenty third year. Wow. 23 years, yep. That's a minute. Um, and, yeah, and they came up to me, uh, <laughs> let's see here, around the end of 2018, and they were like, hey, and I had been going to Granite, Granite Con for, for quite a few years. I just didn't with me and my family, and, and we had a great time, and it's, it's got a little something for everybody uh, at the, that show, which I, I really, really enjoyed. And they were like, yeah, we, we really want to increase our attendance, and you think, you know, bringing tabletop gaming into our convention and making it a little more prominent um, will help us do that. And, and they knew that I, being a content creator and, and working with various publishers, uh, you know, on my own, they're like, would you like to come in and, and help us grow this and, and be, you know, make our gaming track for this convention? And I jumped on it. Yeah, I, yeah. I just thought it was a great, a great idea. And, and I love, you know, the tabletop community and at that time I was I was living in Vermont um, and I said yeah I would love to, to do that for you and let's let's make something happen and so now we've got uh, 2019 we grew the presence quite a bit and they gave us a whole area of the venue we filled it up we had tabletop gaming throughout the whole entire weekend uh, back then it was just Saturday and Sunday and you know we had some vendors we had open gaming and we had uh, yellow sent us the big um the can't think of the the the, the dice game that they have with the big kaiju and what's rick what's it called monster apocalypse no i no, think you're, i think you're talking uh, you know you're talking about king of tokyo or king, king of tokyo i couldn't think of that for the life of me uh, yeah, I, I, we, they, they gave us a big giant uh, King of Tokyo to play out in the hall. It was just packed. It was great. And 
of course, then 2020 hit, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, that was not fun. And uh, yeah, so we kind of did the, uh, an online uh, Granite Con for a little while and streamed some stuff. And then uh, last year, we kind of hit it hard. Uh, we kind of had a little bit of a presence in 2021 and 2022. Um, and yeah, last year, we just, we just really we took it to another level and it was awesome. We brought in uh, a whole bunch of guests um, and, and publishers and designers. And yeah, it was, it was, it was an awesome time. Our, our panels were pretty much full the whole entire time. Perfect. And uh, so this year we're trying to do it even more. So great. And, and know, when, we, when we is that show? Uh, Sorry. Sorry. It's yeah. the, September 20th to the 22nd. Like it's usually the third weekend of September. Okay. Every nice. year. All right. And and, and where uh, and where is it, Doug? It's in Manchester, New Hampshire. Mess, Man- Milken. Man- yep. All right. Okay. And and I will give you guys an exclusive if you want for this podcast. What? We'll take it. We yeah, love exclusives. We'll exclusive as, as to who our, our headliner is this year. Oh yeah, let's hear it. For the for the table talking, of course. This is this is the fortieth anniversary of of, uh, of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so we've got all of course the whole entire. He is you Ninja Turtle guests and Kevin mm-hmm. Eastman and all that. Uh, or is Kevin Eastman coming and, and a whole bunch of the Mirage artists and all that. Mm-hmm. But for gaming side of things, we've got a, an even bigger name. We've got an even bigger name in, for the, the industry. We've got the one and only Steve Jackson. From oh, Steve Jackson nice. Very nice. Nice. Yeah, we're excited to have Steve come and, and uh, be like uh, one of our featured guests. And very Yeah, cool. and then let's see. Who else can I tell you that we've got coming? I don't know if it's public knowledge yet, but uh, somebody that you were just probably talking about before I came online came came online with you. Oh, Chris! I think the one and only Chris and Heather O'Neill from Nightfall Games are coming nice. to the Grand Con this year. Yeah, cool. yeah, we're really excited. Yeah, I love those guys. They're the best. They are. They're yeah. awesome. Yeah. The uh, um, the, the funny thing about uh, having Steve Jackson there is I don't know if you've gotten it yet, but he has a rider. I don't, do you, are you, you know what a rider is, right? Oh, yeah, I know what a rider is. Yeah, yeah. So he has one. Enjoy that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. No, okay. Yeah. I mean, he is a great, great guy. He has given some great opportunities to some amazing people in our industry with Meredith and uh, some others. Yeah. You know, so there's, you know, he is, a, he is a great guy. And I don't think he ages at all. He's got to be yeah. up there. Yeah. He looks exactly like he did in 1989 when I played my first game of freaking Car Wars. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The, the guy is, is, is immortal, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He's been around forever. Um, and if he isn't, yeah, he, his writer will let you know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Now I'm, now, now I'm scared. No, it's actually it's very interesting. Enjoy it. <clears throat> all right. All right. Uh, yeah, Steve, Steve's been really great. I... Uh, this has kind of been in the motion since last year. Of course, we had we had Meredith mm-hmm. uh, last year as a guest, and we invited her invited her back for this year, and she's coming as well. And, and last year, she was like, you know, I bet I could convince Steve to come to the Grand Con, and I said, oh, that would be a huge pickup for us. That would be be right. awesome. And, and I guess she she said that she left the Granite Con last year, and like immediately was like, Steve, you need to come to Granite Con. It was amazing. Great. That's so, awesome. I mean, not that I want to toot my own horn, but I mean, like that was just 
just made me feel really, really good. You going to have like 24-7 munchkin in one of the rooms? That would be freaking awesome. Uh, we're definitely going to do uh, some sort of munchkin event. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, how can you not? Whatever Steve wants to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Last year we did munchkin, uh, munchkins with Meredith. That was what we did on our on our Saturday morning. We I brought in munchkin donuts and <laughs> treated, any, treated anybody to uh, that wanted to play munchkin, you know, to coffee and munchkin, and uh, they got to play munchkins with Meredith. Quite the brand pairing. You think yeah, it, was, it was a lot of fun? Yeah. Yeah. You know, New England. We we love our dog. So okay. How'd you enjoy that? Uh, that Super Bowl commercial, <laughs> the Ben Affleck, Matt that Damon was, one. That was interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought it was pretty that hilarious. Was so, it was, it was. So with GraniteCon, you, you, so you have your engagements there. You do all the stuff for Free League. Um, now, I want to bring it back to Free League Publishing. Uh, they, have sure. a pretty, they have a pretty interesting, like, mass of games. Um, some that, you know, like, I didn't even know you guys had the Mutant zero, uh, Year Zero or uh, Coriolia mm-hmm. or Coriolis. I'm, I'm reading that wrong. And Twilight 2000, yeah, yeah. Um, but with yeah. all the ones that you have, what are your like top three? Okay, and I'm not uh, saying what so are your top three I'm, sellers. I'm saying what are your top what three are your favorites? What are your personal what, top what three? Are my favorites? Yeah, I mean, I think I think I always tell folks that my number one, uh, and this is you know this is always going to be one of my top games. It's probably one of my top. It's got to be my top three role-playing games of all time mm-hmm. and that is the mutant year zero uh rpg that's just okay super fun i'm a big post-apocalyptic post-apocalyptic guy mm-hmm. and when i picked up that book that first book mm-hmm. this was way before i started working for you know for free league and doing events for them like i just was like oh my god this is such a great book like this as a product mm-hmm. this is what is this, who is who's <laughs> putting this book out right you know and it was like oh it's this company called Freely Publishing. What else have they put out? Oh, they haven't really put out anything else, but they're putting out this really awesome book. Let's see what they're doing. And then, yeah, around that was around like 2016, 2017, okay. around in there. And I reached out to them. And, yeah. And so that not only is it just a great game, but it's, I'm always going to have some, you know, it's always going to have that connection for me as being the first thing that kind of brought me to Freely publishing right. and got me, you know, got my attention on them. Nice. Um, my second favorite would have to definitely be Alien. Yes. <laughs> one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, yeah. Love it so much. Like, I, I don't think there's been a year where I haven't watched at least the, the first movie. Um, and when we got that license, oh, my God, I, I was just super, super excited to uh, – to hear that and uh so yeah, it, i feel it, like the mechanics is the setting for that more around the first movie or the second movie uh it's kind of in the in in between okay uh, the events of yeah so uh, the first and the second movie it, it references all the different the uh, different movies because it's written by andrew gaskins with the ip consultant for uh for the, the franchise and so like the books all reference you know, various movies, okay. comics, books, like anything that's been video games, anything that's been put out for Alien, like, it's all canon okay. in there. So. Gotcha. Well, everyone knows Aliens is the best. Mm. All right. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. 
those there's nothing better than those two those first two movies. Oh, for, for sure. They're both great, you know. And so, so the, good. the cast of the second one is just fantastic. Agreed. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I watched that again. When did I watch that? Uh, I was over, uh, what was that? It was during uh, Las Vegas Open when I was there. Oh, right and on. I, I, one, one night I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to put on Aliens and, and watch that in yeah. my hotel room. You know, while I'm, while I'm eating dinner. And if you, if you don't like Bill Paxton after seeing that movie, yeah, there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with you, <laughs> right? All right. So, what's your number three, there, sure. Doug? Uh, my number three has to be. Boy, now we're getting kind of tough. It's like trying to pick your, you know, favorite kid. I'm trying to think here. <laughs> probably Besson. Besson is probably right up there. Okay. Besson, I think, is just super unique, mm-hmm. super thematic rule. You know, it's narrative, very theater of the mind. Okay. I, I love the fact that uh, it deals with Nordic folklore uh, in that core book, and uh, I'm excited to see where that product line goes. You know, I think that uh, we've got some big plans for that uh, that I think will probably be announced later this year. Cool. Those are, those are all great ones. And yeah. for those of you listening, some of, and if you're not familiar with Free League, they also make uh, the, uh, the One Ring role-playing game, yep. Yep. the Lord of the Rings role-playing, which is a 5e compatible, Blade Runner, and Tales from the Loop, and Walking Dead Universe role-playing. Now, the Tales from the Mm -hmm. Loop, I thought, was a very interesting concept, considering that whole universe was based off just an art, like, display by some artist in Sweden, and it became, I don't know if it was Netflix or HBO Max that picked it up and made a a show out of it, and now you guys got it as a role-playing game. That's all super cool stuff. Yeah, it's, it's been pretty awesome. It's, it's uh, by a gentleman named Simon Stonghog. He did. He does this amazing, like, alternate '80s. He was doing like this alternate '80s, like, landscape art, mm-hmm. uh, and he was just posting it to Reddit, and people were just enamored with it. And, it's, and if you see his work, it's just it's, it's amazing. It's, it's, yeah, it's great. It looks like something um, you'd see so, in Heavy Metal magazine. Exactly. Yeah. And so he's friends. We've always uh, the team of Sweden's and Sweden's always been friends with Simon. Mm-hmm. And if you and so we're like, hey, have you thought about putting out an art book? Right. And he's like, no, but I, I would love to. And so they did a crowdfunding campaign for an art book, and he kind of made some little, you know, there's some little side stories in, in the art book and all that. And it got published, and then later on down the road, we're like, hey, have you ever thought about doing a role playing game? He's like, no, I hadn't really thought about it, but that's <laughs> definitely something that we that we should do. So we put out the the, the role playing game, and and that hit crowdfunding. And the cool thing about that was it hit crowdfunding, and then Stranger Things released. Right. Yeah. So it was like you know, in the middle of this crowdfunding campaign, mm-hmm. all of a sudden Stranger Things pops on Netflix, yep. and it just brought that whole genre right to the right right to the moon, and, and it was just like. Wow, and so we saw this huge influx on on uh, the crowdfunding campaign for that because it was you know fairly similar. You're playing as kids in this alternate '80s, right. and whereas you know Stranger Things is a little more horror, and this is a little more you know monster of the week kind of thing, right. where you're trying to like figure out and investigate different things that are that are going on. Um, it definitely had a similar feel to it. Yeah, and then it got picked up by Amazon for uh, an anthology series. There's like oh, that's what it was really on really. Am- yeah, it's a really amazing eight-episode series that's uh, definitely definitely a little darker than oh, the RPG. Yeah. But uh, and it definitely there's some episodes 
that really don't make you feel very good after you watch them. <laughs> um, you know, there, there's, there's a couple episodes there where it's like, ooh, I think I need a break after that one. Oh, yeah, yeah they were very, they were, like, mentally draining. I, I didn't pick that yeah. up. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's, but they're, they're beautifully shot, you know, they're, they're just, they're, and it's like watching his art come to life, you know, on the screen, which is awesome. Um, and then we put out a board game and then he's put out a few other art books and actually the, the third art book that he put out is called The Electric State, uh, which we just did a crowdfunding campaign for the RPG for that. Wow. Um, and then that's going to be actually a, uh, a movie, a Netflix movie that I think is released later this fall. Oh wow, good for him yeah. and good for you and guys. So yeah, Simon, Simon's just this awesome. He's just a, if, if you ever got the chance to meet Simon, you would just be like, he's just one of the most wonderful people on the planet. He's just so kind and so you know. He, before he was, became well known for this art, he's like a one-on-one peer educator for kids on the spectrum. Wow, and he's just. Yeah, just a, just a phenomenal human being. So it's like one of those people that you're like, yeah, this guy deserves all this. Ro- rooting for the guy, huh? Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. You know, yeah, exactly. Rick and I were just talking actually kind of about this type of thing before we started recording on how awesome it is to be ready to go with a game or whatever as the movie or whatever is releasing instead of chasing it years down the road. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, no, we've, we've been... Yeah, so I think I think the plan is to try to have the RPG out for Gen Con, and then I think the uh, the movie should be coming out by the end. Nice. So, oh, that's yeah, perfect it's been, timing. It's been really awesome. Yeah. 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 So, in regards to like with Gamma and Gen Con being two of the bigger shows for our industry, where new things are announced, um, mm-hmm. you don't have to say what they are, but do we expect to hear some new stuff coming out of the Free League? Uh, Arena around the Gamma or Gen Con timeframes? Um, of course, what? Well, let me think here. Now's the um, real time for an exclusive, I, Doug. Yeah, now, 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 now's the time to see if Doug, Doug's NDA is still up to date. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I think you'll probably see some sort of announcement. We like to do. Especially during Gen Con, we like to do some sort of uh, some big, you know, big reveal. Mm-hmm. Um, we usually try to do some sort of uh, presentation. I think it's usually Thursday or Friday morning, um, so then that way it gets people talking. Hopefully during during the weekend. Nice. Um, but yeah, I think you'll probably see some sort of. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, you'll probably you'll probably hear something. All right, cool. Because I, again, you guys have some amazing IPs again with Blade Runner. The Walking Dead and uh, Aliens and all that stuff that we were, you know, the community is always hoping that a good IP is going to land in your guys' lap because you, uh, Free League does well, such a great job with them. Well, that's very kind. Thank you. And, and we appreciate the, the community wanting, uh, you know, cheering us on and, and, and doing that. Uh, I think we've, we've kind of, we tr- there's two kind of things that we're trying to do right now. Is a, we want to make sure that, you know, everything we put out is, is up to, you know, what we want to put out. Mm-hmm. And so we really kind of want to focus on the brands that we have and really kind of support those and get some more releases out. And B, if we do find an IP, we have to be really, really, you know, passionate about it. Right. So, of course. I, I, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see, you know, we, 
I don't know if you'll see a big announcement, like a big IP, but you might see it tonight. Okay. Some, some announcements later on. Cool. Now, for other people out there that might own stores, what are some of the things that you guys do, if if you can speak to it, in regards to, like, supporting mm-hmm. the, the friendly local game store and the community that sure. uh, that they're fostering there around your brands? Well, there's, there's a couple different things. That the One, I'm going to tell folks, and I usually tell this at Gamma and any retailer that stops by um, or that I interact with, is that, uh, we do support Bit and Mortar, which is the PDF. Um, uh, it's when you, when a customer buys a book from from the store, you can offer them the PDF with it as well, and no charge. Nice. So that's one way we really want to support. You know, making sure that those friendly local game stores are getting sales because mm-hmm. you know a lot of times if you buy a book online, mm-hmm. you know, off some off some website, you're not always going to get the PDF. So we really want right. to make sure that hey. You can support your friend of the game store by buying it from your friend of the game store, and you get the PDF. And, you know, that's, uh, that's nice. I think that's important. That you is know, very cool. If you're a retailer, yeah, if you're a retailer, you should definitely uh, def- definitely be a part of that program. I don't think it costs you anything at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe I'm mistaken, Rick. I don't, I don't, last I knew it was free, but I'm not sure. Okay, um, I don't know. But that's definitely, a, a, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a free program. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just recently we announced that uh, – You'll be able to order direct books. Oh, oh, nice. So, yeah, this is—I this, don't even know if this has been announced, but uh, it might be—it might be an exclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, that, uh, but yeah, retailers can order direct from us now. You just have to contact us, mm-hmm. and we give you a code to be able to order it from our web store, nice. um, and you get retailer pricing for it, and mm-hmm. we'll ship you ship you copies with and, the retailer. And that's that's. Uh... I think I know who's fulfilling your guys' uh, in-state uh, stuff is probably yeah, Flat River. There's, there's, we've got a couple of, yeah, there's a couple different hubs. Yeah. There's a U.S. hub now, there's a U.K. hub, and then there's a Sweden uh, okay. Swedish hub so for yeah. a year. Yeah. yeah, I feel like it's Flat River Group that is taking care of your guys' in-state stuff, which is great. Uh, yeah, they, they usually do most of our, you know, they, they put all of our stuff out into the various distribution channel. Yeah. Oh, they're close. Uh, yeah, they're like, <laughs> they're like 40 minutes away. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's super cool. Yeah, the flat room's been, been really great to work with. Good. Great. Very cool. Now, uh, we're, I've, I've only got one more question for you, Doug, and it's a it's a, it's a sure. trivia piece on the, for Free League. I'm looking, like, is there something about Free League symbol? Does that mean anything? The, the, the like, the, the so rose that, flower thing? It, it's a lily, actually. Oh, because I actually I had that same question and I I didn't want to ask anybody at the company so like right. uh, at the team because I didn't want to be like the like oh he doesn't know what the logo but finally one day I was just like hey Anna what what is this what's this logo and come to find out that it's a lily and I don't there's I, I think there's some sort of significance to it. That I have not dug into too far. All right, so now that you've said that, it makes me wonder if it's actually the Linnaeus flower, which is a subclass of lily, which is the Swedish national flower. Oh, that could could very well be. That would make sense. Yeah, it would make sense. And that would be pretty cool because my daughter, Linnea, is named after that flower. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's very cool. And it all comes full circle. Full circle. All right. All right, Doug. So where can we find... Everything we need to know about uh, you and all the cool stuff you do for content, Free League, and Granite State Comic Con. 
Well, if you would like to check out GraniteCon, go to GraniteCon.com. We're making all sorts of announcements uh, every, almost every every day at this point. Uh, it's not every every week. Um, and then if you want to learn more about Free League, I would tell you to go to FreeLeaguePublishing.com. And, of course, we're on all the, the social medias as well, uh, you know, Facebook and, and uh, Instagram and YouTube and all that. Um, and uh, there's some really great Facebook groups that are, you know, fan run uh, around our games. So if you love any of our games, definitely join those. They're some of the best, the best communities out there, in my opinion. And then if you'd like to, to, you know, check out what I do for content, you can go to Victory Condition Gaming on YouTube, and uh, I've got an audio podcast as well. And nice. Yeah, just have a lot of fun, you know, supporting a lot of, you know, probably a lot of the same people that uh, you you all get to interact with as well, designers, publishers, just people that are trying to do what they love, you know, and make games and, mm-hmm. you know, have Absolutely. fun making cool projects. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you, Doug. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and we'll, me on. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll see you uh, at Gamma. And uh, yeah, just uh, stand by. We'll hit you up at Gen Con, too. Oh, of course. <laughs> Thanks, Doug. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, thank you. There's no good news like good good news. And here on the Citizen Gamers Podcast, that's all we've got. Welcome to the good news. With Gary Gnu. Gnu. Yeah, I wish. Yeah, I wish. Yeah. I, I mean, I hope we don't get sued for that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone's paying attention to Gary Gnu anymore. <laughs> that makes it's sense. been a minute. Yeah, a, a couple decades. Yeah, right, at least. Uh, but I always loved his intros. Oh, yeah, they're fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, Jeff, what kind of news do you have? Lots of good news. Nice. Yeah. So I uh, just got a really cool, um, well, for me at least, a really cool announcement on Sunday from um, my favorite publisher, Games Workshop, mm-hmm. and that we're getting Wave 2 of okay. uh, Legions Imperialis coming out. Nice. So drop in two weeks. In two weeks. Okay. So uh, right after this podcast is mm-hmm. dropping, this should be the next Friday, I believe. Nice. So uh, what we're getting is we're getting um, two new box sets mm-hmm. for the Marines and two new box sets for the the Guard. Nice. So uh, and a campaign book mm-hmm. and some uh, cards, so you can access your unit statistics easier. Oh, that's great. Right. So. Uh, the Marines are getting a uh, special Dreadnought box, so okay. it's going to have the Leviathan and Daredeo Dreadnoughts in it, as well as some uh, support weapons. Okay. And then they're also getting the Spartan Assault Tank, Ooh. So, uh, which is that nice big Imperial Fist tank mm-hmm. that you had here for a while. Oh, which might still even be uh, here. Yeah, I have three of them out there. Right? No, 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 no. Those are the Land Raiders. Oh. This is the Land Raiders on steroids. Yeah, I think I still have it around here somewhere. Yeah, I think it's back in your photo area, which okay. I need to take that home sometime. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, yeah. No, um, it is. It's still back yeah, by the turntable. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but but the Legion Imperial's version of that. So right, right. itty-bitty, right? A couple inches. Yeah, right. So, uh, yeah, so they're getting that. Spartan Assault Tanks, dread, like buff dreadnoughts, not regular right. dreadnoughts, but... You know, the hardcore dreadnoughts. Cool. And then the Legion Imperialis are getting uh, a heavy tank for them, which is mm-hmm. kind of the equivalent to the uh, to the Spartans called a Malkador. Oh, very cool. And then they're also getting a support box, too, which is, you know, full of crazy guard stuff. Okay. So, yeah. So those are both announced. A new kill team. Two new kill teams were, are, were announced also, also. Nice. Yep. So there's a, a Space Marine Scout kill team, which looks really cool. Um if even if you're a 40k player and just want some different looking mm-hmm. scouts, right. really good opportunity to get a bunch of unique looking models. And then also for the Eldar, um, they have a kill team coming out, which is all striking scorpions, Ooh. which uh, 
they're a cool kit, man. Again, same thing. Mm-hmm. If you're an Eldar player in 40K, right. great way to get you know some updated Striking Scorpion models that look mm-hmm. freaking sweet. Right. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, on my side of the fence, mm-hmm. uh, this is a game that is currently on GameFound, uh, which is a Kickstarter-like platform. Right. And it is for a Song of Ice and Fire Tactics. Yes. So Simon Games has put up this new. Uh, miniature skirmish, like small skirmish uh, system based right. on the Song of Ice and Fire. Leaning on Song of Ice and Fire, mm-hmm. yep. And uh, they've already raised over $786,000. That's it? Yeah, I know. Only that? Yeah, oh. ridiculous. Sad. Um, and uh, it's kind of an interesting uh, Kickstarter and game system that they're putting together here uh, because all of the miniatures are compatible and usable on their normal Song of Ice and Fire miniature skirmish. Right. Very good marketing idea. Yeah. Super good marketing idea. Right. Because uh, to sell this as a one-off, going to be a tough putt. Sure. But to sell this as a one-off that's also an expansion on the system that they already make. Right. With new sculpts of characters that already exist. Fantastic and, sculpts. And new characters yeah, that I, come in. Yeah, a lot of new characters. Yeah, yeah like I think, John Aaron. I think the, yes, yes. <laughs> I think the sculpts are actually a step up over, oh, yeah. over the last... Or over the original release. I mean, right. I know some like the Martells and right. uh, the Targaryen stuff are also stepped up, <clears throat> but they're getting better. Right. But, I mean, the original stuff is great. Don't get me wrong. Right. Uh, and it's it's really a, a cool little, like, Kickstarter. And like a lot of their most recent big game Kickstarters, right. where they've had a, oh, a ridiculously yeah. large miniature. Yes. You know, so with the, um, Cthulhu Death May Die, sure. you got the giant Cthulhu. With the uh, Marvel Zombie Zombicide, you got the giant zombie Galactus. Right. Right. Note this one, they got a dragon, dragon yes. on a castle, like like a... Like a it's a, a ruined a, castle. A ruined castle with dragon on there kind of hanging out. And that's and it's a playable piece. Like yes. You can, yes. You can fight dragon. dragon. Yes. And... Uh, Super cool. 78 centimeters. Yeah. Which one, we, what did we term that was? It was about a, two feet? About a little over two foot tall. Right. Right. Which In... Means, Sane. Right. Uh, I'm not painting yours. Well, maybe next time. Um, Unlikely. <laughs> but yeah, so there's it, it's such a cool miniature, I and mean, they show the like the the scale of a normal miniature for right. the game compared yes. to this dragon. Yeah, it's insane. It's ridiculous. Right. And it, it, it's it's just cool. He'd probably be the equivalent of like a ten to fifteen story building. Easily. Right. Yeah. You know, it's just ginormous. Yeah. It, it yeah. looks great. So it's if you, super cool. If you listening haven't jumped on it yet, I think by the time this drops, it'll be the, just wrapping up. I think. Yeah, it yeah. only have maybe two or three days left. Right. Yeah. It's, right. It's so, gonna. It's. I only think it's a fourteen day Kickstarter. Yeah. Right. Uh, and as of the recording, it's eight days left. Oh. Okay. Right. So I think it will be like one or two days. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. So uh, make sure that if you're listening and you have not yet gone and checked it out and have an interest in getting a giant a dragon on your on your table, even just as a centerpiece. Right. Uh, go give them a back and uh, tell them the you know Citizen Gamer podcast sent you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not that it'll get you anything, but for sure, maybe it'll get us something in the future. Right. <laughs> That'd be nice. Right. No, I'm really excited for that. Yeah. You know, same. We've been uh, actually playing the Song of Ice and Fire a little bit here mm-hmm. lately. Right. Uh, so, you know, we personally have some excitement around the game. One hundred. And then just coincidentally, this drops. Like mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, very coincidentally. Right. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Agreed. Now, the, the the next thing that we have is going to be a little bit of a different kind of news talk. Because uh, right. we're going to actually have a, we have a physical copy of Star Wars Unlimited Spark of Rebellion, the two-player 
uh, starter set for the new card game coming out by Fantasy Flight Games. Yeah, this is really exciting. Um, the, in the starter box, or starter kit, you get Luke Skywalker deck and a Darth Vader deck. Right, which is, this is what we tested out at, at Gen Con. Yes, and it's uh, it says, may the force be with you. And here's a couple things that are very interesting about this uh, starter box. Uh, this two-player starter box comes with everything you need and a friend will need to learn and play the game, including two full built decks, rules, tokens, and more. Also included are full play sets of 10 different exclusive cards oh. that can only be found in this starter set. That sounds uh, like <clears throat> another good marketing right. and so strategy. What's cool is that's going to drive the collector market to that box set. To, to, the, to pick sure. this up, which... Star Wars has one of the largest collector markets out there. They do? Uh, from what I heard, that and I'm, I'm guessing like Power Rangers or something. Oh, I don't think it's even <laughs> close. <laughs> so let's open this up yeah. and take a look at it. All right. Oh. All right. So I'm going to give you All right. Um, this. All right. So Rick's handing me a stack of paper tokens. Stuff. Yeah, paper tokens. Looks like a... Uh, a Poster that is probably a playmat as well as my guess. I think yeah. is what we saw at at uh, Gen Con. Yeah, it's a big unfoldable Luke Skywalker on one side, and on the other side is basically the playmat. Nice. So and the other one is the Vader. Yeah. We, so we have uh, one for Luke, one for Vader, mm -hmm. father and son. Oh, sorry for the. Oh man, I'm gonna give you the Vader deck because oh. that's the one you played. Yes. And I'll look at the Luke deck here. So these two it comes with two tuck boxes. Yep. And what's store your deck? Right. And what's cool is um, Game Found or Game Genix, sorry, uh -huh. is making um, branded decks and tokens and play mats for this game. So for those of you that are get interested in the Star Wars Unlimited uh, card game, make sure that you can also get some awesome Game Genic right, some as well. swag to go with it, right? right? Yeah. So uh, I find it very interesting that the the paper that it's wrapped in is mm -hmm. not like the standard plastic cellophane. It's more of like a waxy paper, a waxy paper, or a like a um, tissue paper. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right, exactly. So, got some really nice art, I think. Agreed. Yep. So various uh, drawings, basically, of scenes from the movie. So we got some Tie Fighters mm -hmm. flying around. I got. Uh, Luke doing a, a <coughs> one-handed handstand with Yoda on his foot. Yeah, very indicative of his some, time on Dagobah. A lot, a lot of stormtroopers, some mm -hmm. imperial officers, some snow troopers. So we're leading into Hoth a little bit. We're leading into Dagobah. Mm. Yeah, lots of fun stuff. Very, um, I would say, comic book-like art. Yeah, there is, are, there is, is very much say. comic book themed. Um, they didn't go with a lot of realism, but right. I feel like uh, in some of their expanded artworks... Uh, because every card has like three or four different potential versions of itself. Yes. All of them equally playable. Right. With no differences in their Yeah, art, which art variances and right, but, that kind of thing. And the, those art variants are mainly, again, for the collectors to chase. Sure. Because you don't, you only need like the ATST. You only need the basic ATST card to play the game. Right. But there might be three or four other alternate versions of sure. it. Sure. Um, so it looks like the, the starter deck is built around your, your general mm -hmm. of your deck. So in my case, mine is Darth Vader, and yep. yours is Luke Skywalker. Yes. 
Uh, and then it also comes with the location that you're choosing as your base of operations. Right, command so, center. Yep, yeah. so I also have a command center. now. What as, is your command center? Uh, it's the Death Star. It's weird, because mine's the Death Star as well. What? Yeah. Well, that's kind of weird. That is weird. Huh. Very interesting. Because it should be the administrator's tower. Oh, I don't know. Well, mine's command huh? Who knows? Command center. I'm sure they know what they're doing. And then after that, there's a bunch of different uh, playable cards and then uh, various strengths throughout. Um, and then there's a bunch of uh, physical units too, like upgrades, like a lightsaber. Um, I got an ATST that we just mentioned. I got an Imperial Interceptor. Uh, Grand Moff Tarkin's in the deck. He rules. He is. He's pretty cool. I have General Veers. General Veers. Mm, yeah. That's interesting. ATST. Uh oh. Did you get a miss? We got a miss pack, huh? We got a miss pack. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. So you you got Luke in there? I got Luke. But after that, and then I got it's the all three, wrong. The three Luke where he's doing uh-huh, this. Uh huh. I got those two. Then I got TIE Fighters, Death Star Stormtroopers, yeah. yep. Admiral Ozell, First Legion Snowtroopers, uh-huh. Admiral Maudie. Yeah, we have the same deck. It's we same have the cards. same cards in our deck. So we, I got a mispacked, yeah. misprinted. You got the two heroes correct, and after that, it's yep. all wrong. Yep. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. Well, that's too bad. Well, that, yeah, I'm going to have to contact them. Yeah. However, the, the cool thing about the cards and the game... Uh, is that you play on three different fields of battle, basically. You have your command center, you have your ground, and your space. Yes. Right? Space can fight space and Uh command. Right. And certain ones can fight ground. Right. Ground can fight ground and command, but not space. Correct. At this time. There may be future cards that will allow you to... Big gun will shoot the space maybe or something. Right. Like the ones from like Hoth, the one that shot up to try to to make a barrier so they could escape or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a cool mechanic in, in the game where you can uh, have different fields of battle on your f- overall play. Right. But the big thing is protect your command, your base, because when you lose that, you lose the game. That's right. Yeah. It's all so. about not letting that Death Star get blown up. <coughs> Correct. Very cool. Yeah, very cool. I'm super interested to see uh, how it plays and what the community response will be, which I think will be positive. I agree. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Super cool. Yeah. So, yeah, let's, uh, if you haven't yet, and if you're listening, uh, come on into the store. I'm going to reach out to um, to Fantasy Flight to get a replacement deck. I, I <coughs> even though we, we we would need that to, but I think you, you could probably technically play. I think you could, too. Right. However, I don't think Luke. You can't. <coughs> excuse me. Sorry. He doesn't work well with those cards. Yeah. You're right. There's no synergy there. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, but uh, I think you can get a, at least a grasp of the mechanics, right? Of course, one hundred percent. Right. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, I think that was a great news segment, Rick. Yeah, I agree. So let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and we'll talk some hobby. Yep. And then there was silence as we moved into the whole hobby portion of our podcast. Yeah, I don't know why we're being so quiet. I know it's weird because we're hype about our hobby. I have been <clears throat> crushing hobby. I've only seen like absolutely crushing oh, since the hobby. last podcast. You've only done what six dragons and four, only four. <clears throat> oh, four, only four, only four. Yeah, four dragons and some other miniatures mm-hmm. and some other miniatures and then a couple other miniatures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, wh- wh- so tell us 
all of the crimes. Right. So I have <clears throat> finished my Adepticon army. Okay. Now, with the caveat that uh, in two days mm-hmm. they're dropping their winter update. Okay. So I could get blown out of the water on this. Um, I'm not expecting it, but I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there is a change coming that will make me want to change my list a little bit. Okay. But I'm I'm hoping if that happens, <clears throat> I have something else I can plug in okay. without too much of a hit. All right. So there's that. So, yeah, my army's finished. I finished my uh, Blade Lords, my mm-hmm. Venari Blade Lord unit, uh, okay. 10 dudes. Um, super happy with how they turned out. Thought they turned out great. Nice. Um, and then also, as soon as I was wrapping that up, my buddy Jacob's like, hey, <coughs> why don't you uh, do these dragons? Don't you remember we talked about this? I'm right, like, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, he gets you at the drive yeah, in every time. Right. Um, so, whatever. I had time. So, mm-hmm. I uh, took four of his dragons. Mm-hmm. For, they're actually Drake Guard is the official okay. title. They're not large dragons by any means, but they're right. not small. Okay. They're a medium-sized model. Nice. Uh, so, yeah. So, took took four of those. <coughs> I started working on them uh, last week. Yep. And knocked them out last night. Nice. Yeah. So, I'm very happy with how they came out. Absolutely. Yeah, they look great. Uh, the fact that you've been sharing them pretty regularly throughout their progress mm-hmm. in the uh, Discord. Yeah. And the community down there has been really hype and uh, energetic about showing off their whips and right. and their completions and, and uh, a lot of positive comments back and forth on everything. And then you show up with your dragons, and I was like, dang. Right. <clears throat> I was actually kind of hoping it'd be a little more... A little more thumbs up about it or whatever. I think everybody was very thumbs up about it. Do you? Yeah. Uh, I just didn't, there didn't seem to be very many uh, responses. Oh. Did, did you need to? I'm uh, a little sad. You needed your ego yeah, pet I'm a little, little bit more? Everybody likes them. All right. They look great. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm really happy with how they yeah. turned out. I'm, almo- I'm almost disappointed I got to give them away. <clears throat> right. Dang it. <laughs> right. But you don't play that faction. I don't, but <coughs> it still doesn't make me... Right. Sad to see him go after I'm so pleased with how they turned out. Sure. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, yeah, wrapped those up last night and mm-hmm. started the next project this afternoon. Nice. Very cool. Yep. Yeah. It's been a busy week for Javi. Very. Nice. How about you? Oh, I mean, so much. So much, Javi. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so last Wednesday on the paint, Path of the Brush Paint Show, I worked on Tontor some more. Right on. <clears throat> There's still some work to be done. Okay. Um, but, I mean, he, I could put him on a table and play him. Sure. Sure. Um, but I've been doing a lot of building this past nice. week. Nice. That's great. So I've com- uh, I've completely built, minus putting the riders on the mounts, because I don't want to paint them on the mounts. That makes sense. <clears throat> the Veloci riders or whatever. Yeah, for the, the Raptor riders. The Raptor riders yep. for uh, Conquest. And then um, I've also got two of the Triceratops the th- for the, the Thunder, Thunder riders, riders. Right. Done. I'll finish the third Triceratop tonight. Yeah, it's a three three <coughs> three man box. Right. Okay. And the same thing. I'm gonna when I uh, I'm gonna, then I would put the orcs together and but I won't put them on sure. the models. Until no, that I makes sense. The models. So, a question for you on that. One. <coughs> yeah. Um, is there only the one head for the riders? No, there is a multitude. Oh, of good. So you don't have options. to go with the cowboy hats if you, you don't want to. Absolutely, do not have to go with the cowboy Great. hat guys. Um, I but however, there's enough where you could have all three wear cowboy hats, and that's probably the route I'm going to go. Of course, it is because it only would annoy everybody around me. Sure. Right. No. Yeehaw. No, I haven't oh. decided what heads I'm okay. going to use. Um, but I have two Thunder Rider boxes, so I'll have a total of six of those bad boys. Nice. Put together by yes. the time it's all said. Yeah, because the 
when I was building your list, <clears throat> I tried to make it as few models as I could right. to make it easier for you to get a painted army on the field. <laughs> I'm just going to get an army on the field first. As yeah, you as yeah. you should. All right. I I am not one for not having people play with unpainted things. You know, right. it's like if you want to play unpainted, you play unpainted. Right. I I'd like to see you make progress on it, you know. I, right. I, but I think that'll come with rolling dice is the most important thing. Right. And I know everybody wants to play me like Will and Mark both want to play me. Sure. Uh they want to see the Tontor hit the field. They want right. To, right. And Absolutely. so if I just get everything put together, yeah, and I can start playing, and then if we go with a league on conquest, which we've been talking about, yeah, after Adepticon, after Adepticon, then I can now have those inspirations of like for points for the mm-hmm. next event that I run in, I, I I need to have this miniature, this unit painted for that to get my points. Absolutely, and I think that's a great motivator. Yeah. So, um, and it doesn't hurt either that my show, Path of the Brush, uh-huh. uh huh. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Everybody should be also watching that on Gen Con TV on Twitch. Anyways, um, <clears throat> is I'm painting what I'm playing. That's great. Right. So uh, we did Conquest for the first three episodes of this new season. Very cool. But this week I start, or so tomorrow, well, tomorrow. As we're with, talking. As we're talking. Um, I will be starting some Song of Ice and Fire. Oh, fun. Um, uh, me, Mark, and Will. Should all be painting mammoths tomorrow. All right. Are you making them paint your mammoths? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Crack that whip. Well, you know, it just makes it, because I thought it would be interesting is to get Will and Mark's takes on how they would paint it mm-hmm. and what techniques yeah. they're going to use. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh-huh. And then I get points in our yeah, league yeah. for having completed painting. we all would really care how our friend would paint this model. Of course. Yeah. Well, I I would, but I think the community would also have oh, a, sure. a great interest. Oh yes, they of course they would. <laughs> so yeah, so that's basically that's been, and I and I have put some paint on some models as well. Sure, uh, between uh, mainly again the Tontor off camera. Just that's because great. I, it's got to get done. Oh, if if you only did it on air, you would never no, finish it. It would right. be the, the whole season. It'd be the season of Just the Tontor. The season of the Tontor. <clears throat> right. Today I will paint a tusk. <laughs> right, one tusk. <laughs> oh. Because they're ginormous, right? They're, yeah. they're as big as like five normal models. They are. They're yeah. That's a. It's a huge model. Yeah, and yeah. It, it's been a lot of fun playing with. Well, that's good. Painting. Yeah, I got to get around to getting mine worked on. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to airbrush the crap out of it. Of course, you're getting yours done in like three or four days. Mm, maybe a week. <clears throat> well, sure. Yeah. I mean, I crushed that <coughs> the Apex Predator when I did mm-hmm. it. Okay. You know, I absolutely just smashed that model. Right. Uh, you know, being so large, you can just do so much with it with the airbrush. It's, right. Which is like those dragons. Mm-hmm. You know, I had all of the dragon skin done in like two days. So when it comes to your hobby, and yeah. you, with you being someone who uses a lot of airbrush in your painting, um, what would you tell to people listening as to like, um, what are some things they could be doing to get into the airbrush side of it? And what has been some things that you've done to improve your airbrush techniques? Ooh, okay, <clears throat> well... Part one to get into the airbrush side of things. Um, so don't be afraid of it. Right. That's the biggest thing. Um, actually, that's not true. <coughs> the biggest thing is do some research and learn how to maintain it. Right. Learn how to clean your brush. Uh, as you know, and when I started airbrushing, it wasn't nearly the thing it is now. Right. Right. 
And so I did not have the resources out there. YouTube wasn't a thing when I started this, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to maintain the airbrush. Right. So I probably burned through two or three of them, right. you know, just because I didn't take care of it properly. Things got gummed up and yeah. gross and then eventually <laughs> it just stopped working. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I wasted some money there okay. uh, because of, just because of ignorance. Right. Right. And, but now with the great resource that is YouTube, you could right. look up videos on how to maintain your airbrush and right. you're going to get some pretty good tips. Right. And you also gave classes on, you gave us a class down here sure. the studio to a bunch of Right. Us. And I covered that. <clears throat> well, that was the you first know, thing we covered. That should be the first right. thing. And if, I think that's if, important. If you're in a beginner airbrush <laughs> class, that should be the very first thing right. that gets talked about, in my opinion. Right. Um, so that's a number one, L learn how to take care of the tool. Right. And then from there, I would recommend going to some classes. Okay. I, I yeah, that's, that's kind of where I was kind of, yeah, I mean, I, I did go to, I've been to a lot of airbrushing classes, right. uh, various lengths. I've, I've mm -hmm. done full day seminars. I've done two hour seminars at, at conventions and stuff like that. Right. Um, I've never felt like I wasted my money. Mm-hmm. At those things, you know, in the in, I've done uh, three now with CK Studios. Mm -hmm. Huge fan of of Caleb and Cat over there, right? Um, and they're not the cheapest of things to attend, you know. Sure. But you're also getting <coughs> sixteen hours plus of right. very small class environment, mm -hmm. and he just goes over Caleb. He's just he he's got yeah. his class down. He's a great educator. He is a good educator, great. no doubt about it. Okay. And he just does such a great job of of conveying, you know, his instruction, mm -hmm. you know, and really doing it in a way that, you know, it clicks with most people. Okay. And by the end of your two days, you've produced something that's really impressive. Right. Um, nice. And then the challenge to that, though, right, is to keep doing what you learned in the class. Because right. with anything else, if it's, you don't do it, you lose it. It's perishable. It, it's very perishable. Okay. And I'm even to the point where I'm like, I need to retake some of these classes because mm -hmm. I know I've I've lost some edge on some of this stuff, sure. you know, where, mm -hmm. you know, I can look at, you know, a project <clears throat> that I had done right after the class, and mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, man, my skin tones on this are just sick. Right. You know, they are just fantastic. You know, and then, mm -hmm. you know, I'm maybe going back at it now, and I'm not – being quite as thorough in my my shades and tones sure. as what I was after taking that class, and I'm mm -hmm. like, mm, I'd really like to retake that. Sure, and just rehone that skill set. Absolutely, and yeah, it would not be a waste of time to go back through right. any of his classes again. And, and like I mentioned, they're not cheap. Right. You know, his class I think is two fifty plus the model, <coughs> so that's wow. not that's not inexpensive. No, not at all. But. Mm -hmm. The way I also look at it is the number of hours that I put into my hobby throughout mm -hmm. the course of the year. Right. $250 a year, because mm -hmm. I only take one a year, if that. Right. You know, 250 spread out over 12 months, that's only 20 bucks a month. That's a pizza. That's a pizza. And mm -hmm. not only that, but I paint probably 20 to 40 hours a month. Right. And that might even be conservative. I think that's conservative. It probably is. Yeah. You know. Um, also, I think it's conservative considering or in consideration to what is going on that you're leading up to. Because obviously, as you're, as you're leading to Adepticon rolls around, 
you put on the, you put it you put it in a little bit of a higher gear. Oh, I, I have to. I got right. a deadline, <clears throat> right? right? And then after Adepticon, nothing like a deadline to get stuff done. Correct. Yeah. And then after Adepticon, there might be a little bit of a wane. Maybe. Yeah. And then uh, was um, obviously right before the GT. Right. Even though you aren't participating in no, events, but it'll change. Instead, so instead of painting armies, I'm painting terrain, terrain or whatever, right? You know, right. And <clears throat> airbrush gets used a lot on the terrain. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's a great way to turn terrain out is with that airbrush. Right. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of the airbrush. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we get some things figured out in the shop, maybe mm-hmm. find a little more space somewhere or something yeah. to that effect. That is definitely something <clears throat> I would like to see us facilitate. In, yeah. in actually carrying some airbrush product, yeah, a uh, paint. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I feel like our community will gravitate towards education. I agree. Right. Yeah. So um, well, what they're being taught is what they'll use. Right. right. That and it also in the neighborhood in which we are currently located is very bohemian. Sure. Lots of art. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, with the art, um, there's like a court, uh, like a organization. Yeah. That's right in our little area. Right. <clears throat> and then, uh, so I, I feel like our community will be like, oh, an airbrush class. Yes. Yeah, let's go participate in that. Oh, this is a lot different than what maybe I have right. done in the past with something like this. Yeah, or whatever. so different than my canvas work or whatever. Right. Yeah, or, yeah for any other airbrush. Sure. Um, but even, not just airbrush classes, but just regular painting classes. Right. And, you know, even if we have to bring someone in. Yeah. Like, you know. Oh, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't hesitate to bring you know Caleb, right. Caleb and Cat in if they, right. if they would come. Now they right. they've changed their model a little bit. I don't know if right. they're doing as many classes anymore. Sure. But if we could get them back in here, right. I'd be all over it. Agreed. Um. <clears throat> so another thing with the Dragon Project is um, six or so months ago I yeah. backed on Kickstarter, mm-hmm. uh, the Scale seventy five airbrush line. Okay. And I backed the whole line, so I got all I think one hundred twenty eight colors. Okay. Uh, and so this was my first opportunity to use them because I've mm-hmm. had them for a, about maybe three, four weeks now. But okay. what I was working on, I had already had a set palette, right? So right. I couldn't experiment because I needed what I was working on to match other right. things that I had already done. Right. And so this was my first opportunity to break them out and, and play. Right. And I really like them. You had a good time with oh, it? Oh, so, it's so cool. Nice. I mean... They basically with the with the sixty four colors, it's basically or one hundred twenty eight colors. Excuse me, uh, it's basically broken into sixteen colors, and then up and down on <clears throat> on the depth of color. So you say six by six. What's that? Is that right? Six by six or six by eight? Six what? by eight. Oh Jesus, that's crazy. Yeah, so you're getting eight eight colors. So it'll be like yellow. It'll be like. Dark yellow all the way up to bright yellow. Right. Orange, dark orange all the way up to bright orange. And so... So is, uh, it, is it the primaries mainly plus a few secondary... If you think about the color wheel and color theory. No, it's... Like I said, there was, was 8 times 8, 64. So, that, so there's 16 like base colors. So there's like skin. And then dark skin <clears throat> to light skin. Right. You know, mm-hmm. yellow, dark yellow to... Right. You know, and, and by reds, dark... Same, same. By dark, yeah. And by yeah. dark yellow, I mean it's like... Almost brown. Ochre, yeah, brownish yellow. Yeah. You know, so, and that's like like the, the orange dragon, for example. Mm-hmm. I started with, like, it was like a, a dirty orange. Man, nice. it was. Grimy. It was grimy. Nice. I mean, I was like, you know, I'm sending the pictures to my friend who, who commissioned me on it, you know, and he's like, going, <clears throat> yeah, looking okay. <laughs> you know, that's where he started, right? Right. And then every update I sent him, he's like, oh, all right, 
I'm like I'm I'm liking this, you right. know. And then finally, I'm sitting in the last one. He goes, "I love this." Right. You know that was his final. You know his final response was, "I absolutely mm-hmm. love how I'm this." I'm actually going through the miniatures. So again, if you are have any interest in joining our fun Discord, you don't have to be a local no. to enjoy the Discord. That's true. Right. Uh, you can always come on and you can share your your, your miniature work. And uh, currently, there's a lot of great miniature uh, posts. Uh, featuring these dragons at, and or drakes, it drakes as uh, Jeff is uh, talking about, and uh, yeah, I'm looking at one of the uh, the little videos with the turn of the sure, dragon. yeah, I'm, I'm going to put those <clears throat> on our on our Facebook page. Yeah, for the, the and these and these look great, and uh, I can see the 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 gradients of the colors of the orange dragon right from the dark and you know where you maintained a that darker in the shadowed yep. areas. Yep. <clears throat> bringing it out to the lighter highlighted spots. Um, and yeah, it it definitely makes a difference when there is that gradient tone. Oh, 100%. Right? 100%. So. Yeah, you know, and this is, again, this is so something you learn in an airbrush class, right? right? You know, and one of the things that, you know, Caleb especially really covers is color theory is a big part mm-hmm. of it. And then the other thing is how light hits an object. Right. Right, you know, so like if you look, if one were to look at their shirt right mm-hmm. now, you know, we have these fluorescent lights above us. Well, everything on the raised area of your shirt is nice and bright. Right. And then you have the little creases where your your cloth is folded <clears throat> over, and that's super dark. Right, and in your underarm and everything. Exactly. Right. Yeah, uh, and a lot of people don't don't utilize that information because it's information that we all have right now. Yes. Right, so if I look yeah. at, if I'm going to paint a miniature, right, I don't normally do this, but I have in the past, because uh-huh. I've taken a picture of myself. Sure. And been like, okay, I'm painting a an elf warrior, and this is say midday. Mm-hmm. This is where the light's hitting me midday. Right. This is where the light will hit my miniature midday. Absolutely. And those are my light lighter right. areas of yep. the, uh, where I'm going to paint it that way. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, there's all sorts of weird things that people can do. Right. To to get the information they yeah, need to it, facilitate the models. Absolutely. And then stuff. with the miniature, you just you exaggerate it. Of course. Right. Because. Yes. Yeah, you got to make something tiny mm-hmm. look big, right. right? Kind of thing. You you know, really draw the eye. So, right. yeah, it's wild. Yeah, and like I said, <clears throat> these paints, I'm in I'm in love with them Good. so far. I, I've been yeah. incredibly it impressed. Sucks that there's a, probably going to be a, ch- a point in their podcast where we will never be able to talk about any other paints except for one brand. <laughs> if everything works out in our favor, <laughs> well, maybe so. But <clears throat> but until I, then, I'll probably still use them. <laughs> oh yeah, our, to- our toolbox will never change in the closet. Outside of getting bigger and better op- opportunity, right. but yeah, um, no, that's super funny. Uh, I'm glad. So scale seventy five is the air, yeah. the, the airbrush. Yeah, they're they're fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, very cool. Highly approved. Yeah, and that's our hobby. That's what we do. Well, no, yeah, that's what we do. Yeah. Right. So, what are you working on for the next podcast? Uh, well, again, I'm going to continue to work on the oh mammoths. You said. Well, that's what we're going to be painting, but um, as far as I'm still going to continue to build for my conquest army. Right on. Um, I would actually like to have the conquest army built just for peace of mind before Adepticon. Okay. I'm not taking to Adepticon. All right. But I'd like to have it built before Adepticon. So when sure. I come back. So I when can, you walk into the Conquest booth, you're like, yeah, I got it with June Army. Yeah, it's freaking cool. Put together, I got it. Yeah. Six Thunder Riders. Right. It's, yeah. it's freaking cool. And the Thunder Rider Chieftain. <laughs> right. You know, he's my warlord. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. Yes. <laughs> I haven't played it yet, but. Yeah, I, it's, it's, it looks good. looks good. Yeah, it's coming along. Yeah. Uh, so I'll be doing that, but I'm also going to, um, I've been watching one of our guys that uh, helps at the store, works at the store, mm-hmm. Brian, work on his um is Starks. 
Right. He's been painting them the last couple few days. Right. Which is the, the Song of Ice and Fire. Right. Yeah. So he's playing the Stark faction, which I'm also yeah. playing. And um, he's been using the whole concept of uh, the legions, armies, and hordes. Like, okay. <clears throat> he's doing the exact same thing on all the miniatures all at the same time. All right. In repetitiveness to get them yep. done. And Th- that's how you finish an army. <clears throat> right. And I'm watching it. He's doing a unit at a time, right? Right. A unit at a time because okay. they're very much the same. That's in the regards. easiest way to do it. Right. right. And so he's doing that and I've been watching him and I know the way I paint. Uh-huh. Right. When it comes to painting just singular miniatures. Right. Or even like with Malifaux, I, I can paint about three to five miniatures in about an hour and a half. Oh, that's, that's crazy. Right. And I've been watching how he's been doing it. I'm like, oh man, if I literally just dedicate two hours a day with those because all they need to be is painted. Right. I can probably get... <clears throat> a unit done in, every in two a couple days. days. Yeah, yeah. every two days I can get a unit done. Right. But my, my problem with my units are uh-huh. they are mostly beasts. Oh. <laughs> I have some great I don't think that's a, actual, an actual <clears throat> problem. It's just a different... For me, it's a little bit different to do two, like two chariots. Which okay. has three guys on the chariot, the chariot, and the two wolves. So you it. are changing a lot more colors, <clears throat> right? Because right. he's going to do six colors. Yeah. Right, or, about or what whatever. That's about what he's playing with yeah. on each model. It's about a right. six-color range. Right. So um, yeah, we'll do all the shirts, now all the boots, right. now all the swords. And all the leggings right. and all of this and that. Now all the armor, yeah. Right. Um, but, I, I mean, I with the free folk, because that's the faction I'm playing, Yeah. Uh, there are some units, obviously, that are, right. you know, and I have to change up my list, but based on my current list, I only have the one unit. Tri- infantry unit. The threat. The th- the the, 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 the Yeah. So here's the other challenge, or I think it's what makes your faction great, but also more annoying to paint. Yes. Is that they are not an organized. Yeah. They're not an organized <laughs> faction, right? right? It's just a bunch of villagers who right. go off and. Climb raid. the wall and go raid. Right. So from different tribes. It, right, and it would look completely normal mm-hmm. to have one guy in the unit with a black shirt and another guy with a brown shirt and the third right. guy with a blue shirt, because that's what they were wearing when they right. decided to go raiding. Right. Right. Where <laughs> the Barothians, every, everybody else, is everybody like, else. This is our colors. This is our uniform. Right. Your guys don't wear uniforms. Right. And everybody else does. Right. So I've already except shot for myself. the Targaryen or the yeah the Targaryens would oh. have also. Numerous units, like because oh, oh, and um, also the Lannisters have the mountains men or, or the mountain men, the mountains, um, but they also have the rainbow cloaks, right? Right, which is a yeah. very interesting uh unit in regards yeah. to what they look like, right? Right, yeah. Um, but I recently saw so I've been like trolling the Song of Ice and Fire um Facebook group, okay, which I think has like 14,000 people in right. it or something like that. And someone recently posted up their rainbow cloaked unit. Okay, it looked amazing. Good. I was like, "Holy crap!" That actually, you know, you, you think about what that look would potentially look like, and then you see the models and the way that they're represented. Oh, yeah, they look amazing. And uh, I was like, "Huh?" They did again the whole color gradients on their on their things because I don't rem- remember in the books what the rainbow cloaks were about. Oh, they're they were Renly's Kingsguard. Were they? Yeah. Oh. And then now that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're Renly's replacement of the King's Guard. The more you know. Were they fabulous? They're very fabulous. <laughs> I'll go I, with that. I bet they were. Right. Yeah, yeah cuz I was I've always wondered like 
how do you how would you actually paint that? Yeah. And make it look good. And someone that's, did. And I was like, all, all right, right, good job. That's a good question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look good. So all right, that's cool. Yeah. So my next project, I actually started two new projects tonight. So your song of ice and fire. I did. I started a, a unit of uh, of twelve swordsmen, Stark swordsmen, and then uh, also Grey Wind got thrown in there too. His his base coat's already finished. I bet it is. <laughs> Grey Wind. So for those listening, uh, it's a wolf. So this is something that we talked about before the show that we haven't we don't normally talk about in regards to our hobby is we have played. We have been playing some games. Yeah, we have a little bit. And uh, for those of you that don't know, I am not a big war gamer guy. I don't have the knowledge of tabletop miniature skirmishing or sure. or rank and flank. You don't have a ton of experience. Right. Yeah. Um, and Jeff and I recently played a, a game mm-hmm. of Song of Ice and Fire where my free folk went against his Starks. Mm-hmm. And... I was chasing down that dang wolf. Just repeated history, man. <clears throat> repeated history. I got my came over the wall like we, a bunch of fools. We kicked you back <laughs> over the wall. You sure did. Yeah. Um, but it was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. Good. Right. Um, because like I didn't know in order to get certain flanking, mm-hmm. you have your your model can't be square facing forward squarely. It has to be tilted to. There's a little side, nuances that you can to do get that yes that flanking yes. movement. Yeah. And so I thought that so that's all great information for me. Yeah. Um, I'm learning the whole three ups, four ups, the the weird dice lingo that is sure. uh, oh, indicative of okay. of the of the tabletop that board. like meant nothing to you at first. No. Oh, okay, no, I didn't know what the heck you guys yeah. were saying when you were like, "Yep, yeah, I got uh, twelve at six up." Boom, what six or higher, dude? Three right. up, three yeah, I get it. Higher. I get it now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, get with it. But what I that's what, funny. I wouldn't even <clears throat> wouldn't even have dawned on me that you didn't know what we were talking about. It just wasn't like no, in, no, my, I, in my glossary. I completely get it, but yeah. it's been so deep in my glossary for so long right. that it's it, like I'm it, a layman. It, it's just a given. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, but I also played a game of the same against Brian, uh-huh. who's also playing the Starks. Right, and I killed his wolf like immediately. <laughs> I went, my giant went over there and kicked it into the water. Boom, S- done. Excellent. Yeah, I just couldn't do it with yours. Yeah, because I have the real gray wind. Yeah, but something. Was, he was an imposter. It must have been, yeah. but uh, but I was chasing it. Which I think was not a good idea for me in the long run because that giant, as I'm learning more and learning more about the other aspects of the game in regards to like the what are the NCUs, mm-hmm. that giant should never die. No, no, not if you're doing it right. Yeah, right, yeah. he should just walk around and kill everything. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Right? He is the, the way the mechanics work. Yeah, you can you can keep pumping him back up. I mean, in order to take him out in before you got to use the NCU on Behelum, right. It would have to be just a a catastrophic role on your part and right. an incredible role on and, your part. And a huge misstep because if, if I have four wounds, and I think they have six, and it still takes an additional four hits just to get those extra yeah, two wounds. Right. If I forget that that's where I should you d- use You deserve to lose it. I deserve yeah, to lose right. it. Right. But, and they hit so hard. Yeah. Right? So mm-hmm. it's like I think in my next list I'm going to have two giants. Yeah, I would almost think that um, – it would be beneficial to you also to get a second NCU, just as right. dirt cheap a one as you can find, because you right. don't even care about like, yeah whatever the, the extra side abilities, which right. sometimes those are really important. Sure, but you're looking to get something as cheap as possible in mm. there just so you can heal every single turn. Every turn, if you right. can, right? If I can facilitate, if you it. can facilitate, it, right? Right. Um, but the thing about it too is, I was looking on the the Army Builder Car um, app. Mm-hmm. 
there is no limit to how many giants you can have into a unit. Oh, great. Unlike the War Mammoth, where you can only have two. Yeah. Where the giants, I could have four. And it'd still give me enough points to get a few a other things. Of things. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm like not what? going to. I think only two giants is enough. Probably. Right. But I have eight well, <laughs> giants. And the other thing, too, is they're on a smaller base. They are. You know, so there, there are some limitations, right. you know, as far as uh, ability to get on objectives mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And yeah. Right. And that's another thing about the war mammoths. They're cool and they look really spooky on the board. When right. You, when, you, when you feel the war mammoth, they cannot hold objectives. Right. Yeah, so, that, that's one of their and that's their, their uh, negatives. Right. I mean, they have a lot of positives. I thought sure. the, the trample was great, but they took that away from us. <laughs> the trample was good. Right. When you were reading that to me, I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, it was you gross. Know? And then they're like, oh, it's gone. And I was like, now I know yeah, why. Yeah. It was freaking insane. Yeah. Um, and the fact that you can only put two on the field is also good because – if you had more, it would just be stupid. Right. Because they all, you know, but they don't take, where the Giants, it takes two hits to hit, make one damage. I think in the original iteration of the, of the, the Mammoth, Mammoth the same way. the same, but they don't do that anymore either, which is, um, you know. Well, I think it, once you start getting too many of those things, it starts to sure get overly powerful, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but in all that, the fact that I've been able to play a couple games, get some yeah. more knowledge in the way that those games are played. Uh, has been super beneficial and has made me super motivated. Cool. That's what it's supposed to do. For our league. For the league coming up, yeah. Right. Which is starting right now. Yeah, it starts now, right? Right. Uh, Or it's active right now as of the podcast airing. Right, today. Um, And it's going to be interesting because we've got almost every faction is being represented. Oh, great. Except for the Martells. Yeah, they're they're new. They're very new. the, um, the Iron, or the... um, uh, the crows? No, no, no. We, I mean, we've got. Oh, some, yeah. You're the, talking about the pirates. Yeah. Um, um, Greyjoys. Greyjoys. Yeah. Theon's dad. Right. Where, however, uh, like Tony, one of the players, mm-hmm. um, wants a Greyjoy starter. Oh, okay. So we're gonna get him one of those. There and you go. So he has an alternate army. Cause sure. That's one of the things I like about the league is we're not dedicating ourselves to one particular faction. No, we aren't. Right. That's and, a good point. And our and our we're not we're not dedicating to a specific. Every army has to be on, at, at this point value, right? Correct. 40 points, 30 points. Right. But we're, You just got to agree with your opponent. Right. Right. With a minimum of 30. Yes. Right. A yeah, minimum of 30, which is a small game. Right. You know, and then with also a goal of having a an event slash tournament at the end, that will be at a set point. Right. Total. Right. Um, but um, Tony brought up a really interesting point today. And then I know that for people listening, they're like, well, we don't care about this tournament. We're, we're in Chicago. Um, but the event is, he said, we should also be tracking which houses are doing are winning and losing. Oh, we can easily do that. As as they're being played. Yeah. Right? So we we can give a narrative, too. Is like, sure. These houses are dominating the field of battle in the, right. in the war for the hand. All right? Because that's mm-hmm. what we're doing right now. Is right. Like, the whole concept is uh, if you win... In a month, because mm-hmm. every league, we're doing it, we're breaking it down by month. Right. And every month has a very specific um, mission mm-hmm. that we're doing. So this month is Feast for Crows. Right. Play three people, or, or play three games, get points, play three individual, uh, unique individuals, you get a point for each unique individual, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> but if you win the, the, the first league month, you get the hand. You are the hand of the king. Right. Right? So it's the hands tournament. And now we got to... So in the next month, if you wear the the badge of the hand, you can. What was it we were saying? 
you get to pick whether to deploy first or second. Without rolling. Without rolling. Right. Normally you roll off, right. and the winner gets to choose. But the but hand. if you have the hand, then you just you just get to pick. Right. And that I think that's a really cool. Like, it's, it's not a massive thing. No. But it's a little cool little perk right. to reward you for your hard work. Right. And, and your participation. Yeah. So the league is heavily weighted towards participation. Right. Um, you know, winning gives you a little bit of a perk, but it's mostly about painting and playing. Right. And and being narrative about it, too. Right. You know, this just having this little discussion about tracking the house right. popped a little something into my head that it may not be too late to implement. Mm-hmm. And that um, we could put a rule in there that mm-hmm. if you're playing the same faction as somebody else, mm-hmm. that you guys got to talk and you can't have the same commander. Oh, so like so if you and I are both like yeah. House Dark, Lord Umber can't. I'm using Jon Snow. I can't or not Jon Snow, but Rob. You know, Rob. And then you're using Eddard. You right. can't use Rob, and I can't right. use Eddard. Right. So you're kind of like claiming your oh, your yeah. commander. Right. That's not a bad. It's kind of cool. It make it more narrative. <clears throat> it I mean, would. it might squash some people's competitiveness a little bit, <clears throat> but maybe I don't think it'd be that huge of a deal. I think the biggest part to that would be. If I have already built my army and list around Rob, sure, and you're like, "Well, I have Rob," right, right, right. then I mean, I'll just paint up Eddard real quick. Well, we're good, but it won't be good because Eddard's cards in his tactics right. deck may not be as synergistic to right. your current. You're right? Units. No, no. It, it, maybe in a, another version of this league, we could. Well, we can always add something like that to the right. sec, to the next. The next round. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Something right. to that effect. Would right. be, it'd be just, I think it would be make it more narrative. Agreed. Right? And if, I, I, if that's I like kinda, narrative. I know you do. If that's kind of yeah. what we're, because this is ultimately around, we're trying to build a community here. We're mm-hmm. not trying to build a, a cutthroat right. competitive environment. Right. You know, so I think. Right. Uh, we want people, when they're done with their game, they just want to talk about how awesome that, opera, yeah. that, that experience was. Right. R- win or lose. Right. Right. Because for me, which I know I'm going to lose a lot. Sure. And that's okay. Because for me, I can just sit here and go like, yeah, this is like the battle of, you know, mm-hmm. of uh, Storm's Reach or whatever. Right. Yeah. Where, I, you know, they got crushed. I got crushed. Right. And it's still, but it's still narratively, that's a cool visual. Absolutely. If you think about it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think that's going to be, yeah. I like the commander. I just conflict. think, I think it, again, you know, and if you're the only person playing the Free Folk, you got nothing to worry about. Of course not. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, but if you're playing one of those factions where, Everybody oh, geez, there's four Targaryens. I want Jamie. No, I want Jamie. Well, now right. we got to play to figure out who gets to take Jamie. Right. You know, yeah. a little, little Lannister on Lannister action. Right. Winner, well, winner gets Jamie. Great. <laughs> like that family doesn't already have that issue. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> there's a reason why I use them as my example. Right, of course. <laughs> Very cool. Well, I, th- I think that's a great hobby. Yes. So uh, let's talk about some games we played. I know <coughs> we've been having this goal of uh, 10 games 10 times throughout the course of the year. Have right. you played anything else since we've talked about this last? Um, Since we talked about this last, I, I don't know. Did we play Spartacus since We the have last played one? Spartacus since the last All right. time. All right. So, yes. Which so we need to play again. I agree. Because uh, we're, become we're our kind risking... Of our... uh, Letting some rules slip, and I don't want to let that happen. Right. Because the idea behind this is playing frequently and often enough, mm-hmm. or often and enough repetitions, whereby games six through ten, you're actually really playing the game yeah. instead of learning the game, which is a right. big difference. 100%. That, that whenever I tell someone, uh, don't make your decision on whether you like a game or not until you've played it at least three times. Right. 
So, oh, but with Spartacus, uh, yeah, we've we've played it now twice. I've only played it once. Oh, well, I played it twice. Yeah, you've played it twice. All right. Um, and it was, I, I will say this, uh, because we started it in, like, the mid of the game, because you can start at yes, the beginning. Yes, because we, we started it late at, late at right. night, so we didn't. We, we didn't, didn't have a ton full. of time, right? Right. I feel like we, the next time we play, we should play from the from the low. Uh, agreed, and we should team up on Brian. Agreed. Yes. Always. Yes. Um, I also feel like we need four players. I agree. That would make mm-hmm. it more interesting too. Right. And still team up on Brian. And still team up on Brian. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. Because if you get four players, then you have more houses with more oper- options. And, sure. And when you, if you're the uh, person who's hosting the gladiatorial uh, event yes. that round, mm-hmm. then you you obviously have more people to choose from. Right. And it makes the betting a little different. Oh, yeah. So 100%. It, it says it's for, uh, I think it's three. Three to four players. Three to four players. Right. It's at four players. Yeah, yeah. I think it, yeah. I think it functions better, much better at four players. I agree. Right. So, yeah. So you have any other games in since then? I don't. All right. Um, I, I have a couple. All right, cool. So um, I've... Obviously, gotten some Age of Sigmar in. Yep. I've been getting that in very regularly as we're getting mm-hmm. close to Adepticon. Right, uh, people want to be playing what they're going to be taking mm-hmm. and, and get their their reps in. So we've been playing mm-hmm. that. Um, also played uh, an oldie but a goodie a few weeks ago. Uh-huh. Uh, we played Conquest of the Empire. Oh, that's right. Which is one of those uh, old uh, late Mil- eighties, Mil- early nineties Milton Bradley big box mm-hmm. games. Yeah, it was great. Nice. Uh, it came down literally to the last die roll. Yeah. Uh, and I ended up losing to my buddy Josh. Mm-hmm. Um, he had one guy left and killed my last guy with the, with the last roll. Yeah, it was great. It was ridiculous. It, yeah. He needed a six, and he got it. Well, what's funny is when you say it, it came down to the last die roll, every game comes down to the last die roll. However, what it came down to was it was not a like a rollover game where he just rolled over you. It no. was down to right. he had one Body he, left. He had one body left, and I had one body. You left. had one body right. left, so it's like yeah. That's what made it like. So, and for those listening, but, I was in the store while they were playing this game, and I cannot remember a time of ever playing Axis and Allies, Shogun, or Fortress America, or Conquest, uh-huh. where the guys were you whooping and yelling at the excitement of the play. Oh yeah, and it was you fun. guys were in it. Oh, it was fun as hell. <clears throat> yeah, it was yeah. great. Yeah, to- totally enjoyed. Yeah. It. Right, and so yeah, so I got that in, and then um, a couple of games of Song of Ice and Fire. Nice, yeah, very cool. Yeah, so I I actually had to take back that I hadn't played anything else. Um, I have played Tapple, oh, at great. least two times. Okay, but in a much different format of than um, really going at it. Right, not it, that that's really a game where you go at it. Right, but. so I've I've kept our store our library copy sure. under the counter. Uh-huh. When people come in, oh. and then they're like, oh, um, you know, they always ask for recommendations. Sure. So I have become the board game concierge. All right, let's play a quick round. And I'll be like, hey, I actually, you know, I could tell you all about it. Yeah. Let's just play it real quick. Name a board game. Go. <laughs> right. Tapple. Yeah, yeah tapple. <laughs> but the thing is, is in the time it takes to do the demo, you've played the game. Right. Right? Yeah. And it's, it, it's uh, and we're almost out of it again. That's great. Because... Yeah. Well, it's got a, again, it's one of those games where it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Super easy to learn. Right. Uh, we can we could be up and going. I could be sitting down with four other people who've never played, yeah. and we're going in five minutes. Yeah, or if, less. If that. Right. Right? Yeah. So that part's super appealing. Yeah. It's fun. You yeah. laugh. So 
So I will count those two times I've done sure. demos. As of you tapo. should. You're going to be a tapo master by the end of this year. I, I'm already a pretty good at like uh-huh. all the categories. Of course. Uh, that I choose. Uh huh. Yeah. Because <laughs> even though it, right. I'll be like, oh, let's do candy. Sure. I can do candy. Of course you can do yeah, candy. Yeah. Let's do cartoon characters. Fast food restaurants. Fast food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I live on fast <laughs> yeah, food restaurants. That's right. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I would, I'll count two tapples in then as well. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, cool, Rick. Yeah. That was a good, that was a good hobby time. Yeah, it was a good hobby yeah. time. And also then, a great interview earlier. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Doug is a great dude. If you're ever at any of the major conventions that uh, Le- uh, Free League is uh, in attendance, stop by and say hi to Doug. Yeah. He's a great dude. Right. And one thing I didn't have an opportunity really to bring up to him <laughs> is that uh, I backed the One Ring Kickstarter. Right. Happy I did. Great quality book. Yeah. Super high quality book. Um, and, you know, it looks like a cool system. I haven't had a chance to actually play it yet. Right. But I am a Lord of the Rings nerd. Right. So I tend to pick things up that are that are Lord of the Rings related. Yeah. And uh looks good on my shelf, at least. It looks good on the shelf. Yeah. And the covers are amazing. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. All right. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Peace.